Welcome to the Gourds and Pomegranates podcast, talking common sense for church communications. Here's Hannah and Joe. Today we're going to be talking photography. Now it shouldn't come as a surprise that photos are a key part of communicating for a church. Sure, if you keep up with marketing news, video has grabbed the headlines a lot more over the last few years, but good photography is still so critical to communicating a message with people, whatever that message might be. Whilst videos are a great way of engaging with people, in many ways it's much easier to sort out your photo game and nail that. Having good photographs of your building, the various activities, events and the people in your church is incredibly important, because not only is it a nice memory, but it also allows you to use the content in so many different ways, sharing it immediately on social media, also including it on your website, using it in marketing material in the future, or just to remind people when the next event comes up and you want to encourage them to join. Having a good varied catalogue means you have so much more content to use to create. Yeah, absolutely. And while images can't replace words, they can do a pretty good job alongside them. For starters, almost all churches end up using pretty similar words to describe themselves. So it won't be a surprise if you've been to a church website and read that they are a warm, vibrant, welcoming family group. But if you're showing people who you are, rather than just telling them, it's, it's much easier to communicate. People looking at your content will have a much better idea of what a typical Sunday or a typical event looks like if they can actually see it. People are visual and we can quickly consume lots of information from a photo, much quicker than reading a block of text. But it's also really helpful for people who haven't yet been to your church in person to look at photos that make it really clear what they're going to be walking into. It's reassuring, especially when coming to a church for the first time can be quite a nerve-inducing experience, even for long-standing believers. And then the last thing on the importance of photography, before we get to some practical tips, is that photos provide visual variety for a layout. So whether that's a web page where the images break up some text, or a poster which has a photo background, Using our image as well will be much more effective than just huge blocks of text, no matter how amazingly that text is written. Graphic design isn't just about making things look pretty, but about communicating information in the most effective way possible. And generally speaking, if things look aesthetically pleasing, they'll be more engaging and easier to read for people. So now you're hopefully persuaded on the importance of good photography, if you weren't already, let's go on to some practical tips for taking good photos at your church events. And we're borrowing really heavily here from an old guest post on Church Train with some tips from photographer Ben Stoney. So we'll link to that blog in the show notes as well as to his website. Yeah. So first up then, content. What are we actually taking photos of? Well, it can be really helpful to think of two types of people. Those who aren't at the event and those that are. For the people who didn't attend, what are they likely to need to see to get a good flavour of what happened? What might they want to see or what might persuade them to attend next time? And on the other hand, for those who were there, what could be helpful as a good memento that encourages them to engage again or come back in the future? For both of these, you'll want to think about any key moments at the event. For example, if you have a well-known guest speaker coming, you want to make sure you have some good action shots of them giving their talk. This might even be something that helps to jog people's memories on what they were heard. So give thought ahead of time to any key bits to capture so that you can better anticipate them. Maybe even make a checklist if that will help you in your organisation. But also stay attentive to what's going on around you. Engage with the event rather than solely focus on the quality of the images you're taking. Otherwise, you might miss something. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, so following on from that, you want to have 
good variety in your content. Don't be afraid to move around so that you can capture different angles. Get a variety of close-up shots and wide shots and anything in between. If you've got a camera that you can swap the lenses, this is a great time to be thinking about what to use. So a zoom lens will help you get some great detailed shots of people, though it is likely to be harder to get the results if the event is dimly lit, like in an evening cafe type sort of thing. On the other end of the spectrum, if you have a wide angle lens, why not use that to capture a couple of fisheye type images, which encompass the whole event and communicate something about the overall atmosphere. Something we've mentioned before is the importance of getting photos of people. These are going to be so much more effective in showing your audience that you're a warm, vibrant, welcoming family bunch. Yeah. Aim to get a good mix of those in attendance to show the full range of who's in your congregation. Yeah, definitely. And at the same time, you know, of course, we need to be sensitive, not least with children, but there will be people who just don't want to be photographed, either for privacy reasons or just because they don't want to. I mean, it's generally good practice to have a notice up at the event, letting people know that photos or videos are being taken and how to avoid the lens if they want. Especially at events where you're likely to have a lot of visitors, this is really important. Maybe even mention it at the front and consider having a designated zone where the photographer won't go near. And again, with children, do seek to get permission from them and their guardians before taking photos or using them in publicity. So hopefully these are some helpful pointers to improve the content of your photos. What else do we need to think about? So we've mentioned about moving around to vary your angles, and this might involve making a bit of noise, even if you're trying to be as quiet as possible. So I'd say it's important to go in confidently rather than apologetically. Obviously, don't be louder than you need to, but also try not to be self-conscious. You're allowed to be there and you don't need to be silent. Yeah, and this is where a larger camera can be more helpful than a smartphone. Mm. Because in the least vain way possible, it looks the part, it looks professional. Yeah. And so it will be more obvious that you've been appointed to take photos and to capture the event, as opposed to just some randomer walking around taking pictures for their own use. So sometimes a more professional look can actually be less distracting and more reassuring for your visitors. Yeah, definitely. And then speaking of being appointed to take photos, on a very practical level, make sure that you have a designated photographer for each of your events. That isn't to say that every single thing that your church does needs to have a photographer assigned to it, but more that for every event where you'll want to capture images, you have someone whose job it is, who knows it's their responsibility. They're not there just to enjoy the event, to make the teas, or even to be primarily focused on meeting the guests that are there. These things are great, but they will end up being a distraction from your photographer actually capturing what's going on and doing the job that they have on that day. Yeah. So in my previous job, uh, when I was working with churches across Plymouth, um, we had various projects going on and take a load of photos to show that though we were dealing with a really difficult situation and a topic of holiday hunger and child poverty, you know, we made it as fun and welcoming mm. for the families and it not it wasn't light hearted, but actually it was an enjoyable place to be over the summer. Mm. And to put them at ease, I had a photography permission form uh, when they came in to give their registration. So they signed that as well. And I was there. So they knew that it was me that would be taking the photos. Yeah. And I also had a lanyard with my name, email and a telephone number on it and who I was working for. That's really helpful. Yeah, well, and though it technically didn't mean anything, really, it wasn't like a super official thing, I made it myself, I do think it helped me to seem like I know what I was doing, but actually make it seem a bit more official, and I was taking photos for a purpose, not just for my own sake, 
And though it was a little thing, it definitely helped when the children and vulnerable adults were the subject for when I was taking photos or my intern was then taking photos because we both had this lanyard and they knew who we were. And so even if they'd seen us the first week, by the end of the summer, they knew why I was taking the photos and sort of who I was. So just helping to be a bit familiar with people did really put them at ease. Yeah, and it's those little things that make a big difference in in helping people to feel welcomed yeah. rather than being worried yeah. um, when they're coming into a church for the for the first time yeah. maybe so having designated people is also a really helpful thing for sharing the workload if you are fortunate enough to have more than one person in your church who's able to volunteer yeah. it means that you don't always need to be switched on um, and thinking about photos because there's always one person who has it covered for larger events maybe several people The next point then is about quality, which I suppose can mean different things with photography. I'm not primarily concerned with the quality in terms of pixel count or the actual resolution of the photos. That's more the quality of the camera, because you absolutely don't need to be an amazing, highly trained photographer with a super expensive camera to be able to take good photos for your church. The cameras on smartphones these days are more than capable, so don't feel judged for using your smartphone as a, as a camera at church. But that doesn't mean that visual quality isn't important. If you're going to be taking photos often for your church, you might want to think about a bit of research online, so some blog posts or even a basic course with some photography tips, mm. helping you to start to understand a bit about what makes a good image in terms of composition or framing, or why some scenarios might be easier or more difficult in terms of light or movement for you to get the photos that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I mean, generally speaking, the quality of photos is kind of less critical with social media. It's more important to capture the feel of an event rather than having the sort of technically perfect photo. Mm. But there might be times when a more polished feel sort of is suitable. Yeah. And I'd suggest probably the homepage of your website is one of those times. You're having those sort of lower res smartphone images is absolutely fine. But when you're wanting to grab people with a first impression, it might be worth thinking about hiring a photographer for just one or two sessions. Yeah, with my clients, I often recommend that uh, they get a photographer yeah. to go in and capture a morning service. That can include any kids work which is going on at the time. Um, some photos of the building. It's often really helpful, as much as the church is the people, it's really helpful to have photos of the empty building because if people are considering having an event there, if you do venue hire, um, or perhaps someone is considering getting married there, it's, it's actually helpful to have some logistical photos of, of what's in the building. So the service, the people there, kids work, building, yeah. team photos can be really helpful as well if they're going to be included on the website and having some professional uh consistent images of your team yeah and then just some general shots which which can be used as well um that the photographer can be looking out for things that are going on this is the starting basis of a good library of photos that you can draw on and add to over time yeah definitely and it is better to have loads and loads of photos that you can pick the best from and shortlist down rather than like a few okay ones and you know this goes both for the images a professional might provide you with and with your own if there are still gaps you can use stock photography but Ideally, this will be an exception rather than the rule, though this often isn't the case in our experience. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of terrible stock photography out there. Yes. So speaking of having this bucket load of, of images, that leads us on to our last point, which is about collaboration and sharing of the images. Mm. Your photographer might be sitting on thousands of incredible photos, but if they're not available to whoever needs to use them to design your publicity, they're not doing much good. So at the very least, have them in a shared folder, such as Google Drive, as we've covered in a previous episode. 
But ideally, you can use something that's more designed for photos. Back in the day at my old church, we used to use Flickr um, when the options were a little bit more limited for cloud storage. And it was a nightmare. But at least we could have multiple users. We had some photo albums and then we had a visual layout of the images. So it was easier to actually pick out images that we needed from our library. Mm. But these days, Google Photos might be a good, simple and pretty cheap or free solution, especially as you can search for things within photos without having to tag them. It's a very powerful search functionality there. Eagle.cool is another great tool which um, uses existing cloud storage like Dropbox, but allows you to mm. sort, tag, add notes to images, just do lots more there. So rather than just being a load of files, it's a helpful database for anyone that needs it. Um, just as with any cloud storage, always remember to keep an offline backup as well. Yeah. So we have covered a lot today very quickly, but we hope these have been some helpful tips to just elevate your photography to the next step or even just give you the confidence to fire up your smartphone and get taking some photos. You know, as always, don't feel overwhelmed by all of this. The last thing we really want to do is create any extra pressure. We'd just like to encourage you to start taking photos. Some is better than none. And generally speaking, low quality is still better than no quality. As we're recording this episode, it has been this week that we launched the podcast. Yay! And we are incredibly grateful to those of you who have already listened and have supported us. And for those of you who found us later, you're very welcome to our little space of chatting about church comms. Absolutely. Um, we'd love to hear from you as well. Let us know if you're listening. And as we're still in the early stage of the podcast, we definitely appreciate you sharing an area that you particularly like to find out more about. You can email us at hello at gppodcast.uk. And we'd really appreciate as well if you'd be able to share the podcast with other church leaders or those that you know that are serving in comms in their church or anyone that's interested in the area. We're available on plenty of podcast platforms or you can easily share our website with all of the details at www.gppodcast.uk. Bye! Bye.